name is Ben Miller. I am your host here at the West Side Lions podcast. If you've not been around before, you can find me at Lions West Side on Twitter. Go ahead over there. Give us a follow if you've not done so already just to keep up to date with everything that's going on. We've got a fun game to talk about. Lions solidly whooped the Cardinals this past week. And so we're going to talk about that today on this episode. And then we're going to look ahead at our next game and kind of see what we can expect for the rest of the season from the Lions team. We have our two co-hosts here with me today. Both Austin and Jake are both here today. I'll start with you, Jake. How are you feeling today? How did you feel about this win? I'm, I'm feeling good today. I, I was very happy about the win. Definitely did not expect that at all. Yeah. It was a good one to talk about, and uh, we'll get into it here in a second. Austin, what about you? How you doing? How you feeling? How did you feel after the win? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great, Ben. Not much more you could ask for. Um, I I have no words. Well, I have lots of words for this game. So many words you just can't even put it into perspective. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, let's we'll try get and into break it. it down. Yeah, let's <laughs> get into it because I think this was by far one of the most complete games that I have seen from the Detroit Lions in many, many years. Like we didn't see a win like this from Patricia era even. It was a before Patricia era where we saw a win like this. I mean, Cardinals were arguably the best team in the NFL, um, and the Lions solidly whooped them. It was what was it like? 17-0 going into the half. I mean, yep. an ass whooping going on in this game. And the offense played well. The defense played tremendous. Special teams played well. It was a full-out good game from the Lions. Um, Outcoached the Cardinals, everything. I mean, we just did well on everything. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about it many, many times here bad roster and decimated by injuries and we still put up a game like this how does this happen jake how do we get this kind of a game with a roster as bare bones as we have how is this even possible it comes down to coaching and comes down to the players mentality going into the game and both of those were absolutely fantastic i mean we had the I, I, our t- roster was beat badly down with injuries going into this game. Mm-hmm. And the next man up mentality really went to show there because, I mean, our backups just played fantastically when they had to start. It it was honestly a great game by all the players on the team. There's not a single player I can name that just I was disappointed in. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think every single player played at a level that we needed them to or higher. And, and that's mm-hmm. like we've said as well, like that's due to the coaching. And I agree that I think that um, we're in some good hands with our coaching. Uh, Austin, what about you? Um, is there anything else that you can think of that could pull out a game like this or, or is it just the coaching? I mean, everybody was able to step up and um I mean, we've been talking about that for the last however long since we've been losing people. It's that, you know, next man up mentality. And Campbell's been preaching it for the last three weeks. And, I mean, the guy stepped up today or on Sunday. And, uh, 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of that has to do with coaching, and um, kind of the whole thing that Campbell's trying to instill into everybody. Right. So I need to quickly. I mean, we talked about it last week, and it has to be said again, especially after this week. Aaron Glenn deserves, like, he honestly deserves a head coaching job right now. Um, I really hope he doesn't because <laughs> I want to see what he can do with some actual talent on this defense. But he has brought people like Jalen Reeves, Mabin, uh, AJ Parker, all of these guys that were like borderline to make the team. And he's turned them into great players. Even Charles Harris, who should have been mm-hmm. the defensive player of the, of the week, but he did not. He should have been the defensive player of the week this week. I mean, Charles Harris, who... Nobody had picked up. He used. He was a former first rounder. Played he, amazing. His career looked over. Yeah, his career looked like it was just done, mm-hmm. and we re- revitalized it. And just, I mean, he had an amazing game. Um, I, I, I think we have to re-sign him. Um, oh yeah. But part of that is due to Aaron Glenn. It really mm-hmm. makes me sad to see what he's what Aaron Glenn's able to do with all of these guys who are like not good and bringing him up to a certain level. And I'm just sitting here. What if we had Okuda still here? What if we had Romeo Okwara still and that we could turn those guys into superstars and we just don't get that because of the injuries and whatever this year. But man, I really hope that Aaron Glenn doesn't get a head coaching job this year because I really think that the, that he can do some amazing things with some players and I want to see what it goes and continues to build as. Um, but is there any other, um, defensive players or anything that you want to give shout outs to Austin? I'm going to start with you. Uh, any other, I already kind of mentioned Charles Harris. He had a, he had a Charles Harris. He had a great game. Um, anybody else that sticks out to you that you want to, uh, give a little shout out to as well. Well, yeah, I mean, we can't talk about this game and not talk about Amani O. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. oh man, that interception was something else. Um, yeah, I mean, I was so disappointed, um, Igubike came in and he fumbled the ball, but, I mean, Amanio steps up on that next set of downs and, you know, intercept, I mean, what an interception, too. Right. Just laying flat out. Yeah. Amanio Arorie definitely deserves a Pro Bowl nod. I mean, he is just Mm -hmm. playing amazing, um... Six interceptions. That's more than Jalen Ramsey, Xavier yeah. Howard. Yeah, I think That's we've all been Stephon pretty Gilmore. big fans of Amani or Warrior. Even from like when we mm-hmm. drafted him in the fifth round, we're like, "Wow, that's a steal! How how do we get him?" And I mean, he's he's showing, you know. And, and again, I think it has to go with Aaron Glenn because specifically, he's a a DB's coach and he's getting the best out of him. And I think that if we can keep him going, I mean, if we can get Okuda back and healthy and We've got Jerry Jacobs, Jacobs, and we've got all these guys. Fitu Melafonwu, yeah, AJ Parker. I mean, we've got solid guys that we can continue to build on, and that's so exciting. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that Amani O is a huge name you got to list in there as well. Jake, what about you? Any other defensive players you wanted to shout out? Uh, Jalen Reeves Maven played his heart out in that game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he I mean, in that game at. One point, Alex Anzalone went out with an injury, and they put the green dot on Jalen Reeves-Maven, so he was making the calls out there, and, I mean, didn't lose his step. The defense just continued to chug along, and 
that's a lot of responsibility for a player who one is just coming back off of an injury himself and two has only been a special teams player for however many years he's been on the lions and he's turning out to be really something special uh, again player growth right we said at the beginning of this season what do we want to see out of this team growth and i think we're definitely seeing that um they kind of got mm-hmm. forced into having to um, be put in positions to grow, but they're doing it right. It's doing it nonetheless. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Pressure makes diamonds. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's move over to the offense. Look what we did. Let's, well, move, let's move into yeah. some. Was there any other defensive players either one of you wanted to mention real quick? Yeah, can we give a shout out to uh, Will Harris? Um, I mean he's just been playing all over the defense right now. Um. Switching from safety to uh, they had him playing at cornerback a few times, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think, I think a, he's. I think that's a testament to this coaching staff as well is that he might not have been playing great in one spot, and they're not just gonna like give up on him. They're gonna find where are you gonna play your best. So he was playing outside corner, um, due to that aspect, trying to find where are you gonna work the best, and also kind of we were a little bit hurt by injuries there, um. But it's good to see Will Harris kind of play a little bit better because he's had some down games, and, and, and so this was a, a good thing to see him kind of have an up game. I'd like to see him have more up games because um, he has struggled in the safety room a little bit from time to time. Um, but we'll, we'll continue to see what happens. I've got full faith in this coaching staff to um, figure out where guys are going to play best and, and get them going there. Jake, did you have anybody else? Austin, one, any more? From the defense? All right, well, then no, let's move into the offense. We had plenty of people to talk about on the offense. I have to do it right away just because, again, Panay Sewell, once again, one of the highest-rated uh, tackles in the league since, and I just talked about this one last time, was since week 10 he was a top-two right tackle in the league. Well, now since week six he's a top-two tackle in the league, not just right tackle, tackle in general. He's a top two tackle in the NFL since week six. That is Who's amazing. ahead of him? Uh, I think it's Andrew Whitworth is currently ahead of him. <laughs> that's great company to be in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like Hall of Fame kind of like, this guy is a first round, like he's a rookie this year. He's a rookie in a new <laughs> position. He's on the right side. He moved from right to left right when preseason started. And then back to right tackle. We talked about it last week. But holy cow. Like, that's tremendous. He's going to be so special, and I'm very excited. And and so with that, when you get good tackles and you get good offensive line play, you get a running game. And the Lions had another running game. Let's talk about the other star in the making who we just signed to uh, through 2022. Craig Reynolds. Netflix. He looked amazing. I think once again, Craig Reynolds made another case of why he should be con- the running back uh, three or four behind Swift and Williams um, instead of Iguabuque or Jefferson. I think that Craig Reynolds has been the most consistent guy. Am I wrong, Austin? I mean, what do you see from Craig Reynolds? Yeah, I mean, he's he's come in, he's stepped up, he's played really well, he's held on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge, right? He's Just yeah, hanging yeah. Out of the ball he's is huge. Consistently getting yards. I mean, there's not much more you can ask from a guy who's you know just coming into the team like that. Right. Yeah, and I think 
he'll continue to grow too. But I mean, how we're we're finding all of these gems, you know, like out of wherever they're coming from, undrafted free agency or just free agency. Like, where are we getting all these guys from, Jake? Like, how are we getting all these players that are turning into something that nobody expected? Uh, Brad Holmes. There you go. He's he's <laughs> turning out to be one of the best GMs in the NFL already, in my opinion. And it's only been his first season. I am beyond excited to see what we do in this draft. Yeah. But that's that's a while away. But still, I'm just – there's not a single guy we picked up that I've been like, ugh. He's done a great job. Well, <laughs> I I would I would throw in a couple players into that. Um, well, we're not talking about golf. No, I'm not talking count. about golf. I'm <laughs> talking about like wide receivers. The we wide receivers. Up Perryman <laughs> and Tyrell Williams. Yeah, but we replaced them with young guys. That's the thing. Okay, like, so you just, you're just we've talking been about able younger to re- guys, not like yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about young players. Okay. I mean. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I might throw a little bit of a wrench in there with those guys, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like all the young guys that we've been getting, I mean, they, we've been finding good guys. So whatever they're doing over there to find what guys they want on this team, keep doing it because it's working. Um, I mean, what about what do you think, Jake, about um, Craig Reynolds being starter over Jefferson and Igwebuke? Well, you guys might think I'm crazy, but I think he should possibly be a starter over Jamal Williams too. I mean, he's definitely proved that he he can he can run the ball, mm-hmm. obviously, but he's definitely proved that he can carry a team on his an offense on his back too. I don't think he should start over Swift because Swift is just amazing through the run and pass game. Mm-hmm. We can't bench that. That's something we need to keep starting uh, all three downs. Mm-hmm. But. I definitely think Craig Reynolds could be the definite number two guy because look what he did. He did 112 rushing yards against a very strong Cardinals defense. Yeah. You, that doesn't happen with most running backs. Right. I, I, and I personally, I mean, I've been impressed with Williams a little here and there this season, but I, I, I've not been disappointed in Craig Reynolds at all. And sure. I, I definitely think he should be considered the number two. That's just how I feel, though. Yeah, I think that Williams brings a little something more than just the run um, when he comes on to the team. I think his mentality. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything with him. Um, And I wouldn't mind having a three running back, you know, monster on your team. (laughs) That's really when you need those short little gains, put in your Jamal Williams because he'll get them. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Craig Reynolds and DeAndre Swift, they're not any slouches when it comes to getting a couple yards as well, but they'll also pull off a big uh, big gain. And I think Craig Reynolds is a good mix between like Jamal Williams and Swift, whereas Swift is your catching, your pest catching running back that's going to pull off huge uh, runs, you know, kind of like what Michigan had like with their lightning and thunder. Uh, I think that Jamal Williams is your thunder and DeAndre Swift is your lightning. And I think Craig Reynolds is a good mix of both of them where he's going to, mm-hmm. he's going to lower the head down and boom you for a couple yards, but then he'll also, you know, get through the tackles and he can also do a little bit out catching out of the backfield too. So we have a whole s- thunderstorm brewing in here. Exactly. I'm loving it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, another person we need to talk about. I'm in Ross St. Brown. He's doing great. Yeah. Um, he's a guy all who, time 
all-time Lions rookie yep. reception leader. Yep, yep. Um, he's a guy, if you remember correctly, that I, I predicted would be the rookie MVP um, or the offensive rookie MVP, whatever it was we did at the beginning of the year. Um, because once that rapport starts building with Jared Goff, that's the guy who's gonna want he's gonna want to go to that guy over the middle, the you know, and he's really starting to become more comfortable. He's showing that that rapport is building with Jared Goff. Jared Goff has got a clean pocket, and we're seeing what he can do with a clean pocket. So that's great. Um, and then the addition of Josh Reynolds is also keeping him where you know you can't just fully guard one guy anymore. You know that's why they were getting rid of TJ Hawkinson on every flipping game was because that was the only way he could throw it. Um, now with Josh Reynolds out there, it gives Amon Rob St. Brown a little bit more space. So it gives him a little bit more threat. And now with those two kind of hitting it on TJ's not coming back this year, but hopefully next year, um, you know, adds a little bit more to it. So that way we can really get some passing game going. But um, let's talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, what what do you think has been the biggest um, thing to help his, you know, his rise into comfortableness with this Lions team? Austin, I'll start with you. Um, is there been one thing that really just kind of made Amon-Ra kind of show up, or or is it just been something he's been working on? You think? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's got a. There's lots of things in this, I believe. Um. I mean, number one, just being able to create the rapport with Goff, um, being able to get more used to him. Um, like you said, with Josh Reynolds coming in, that's, you know, created space for him. So, uh, you know, he's not the only guy out there on the outside. Um, and him being able to go in to the inside now with Hawkinson being out, mm-hmm. um, being able to be the kind of short threat. Um so yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. It's it's not just a you know a one thing. Okay, Jake, do you think that Amon Ra um, starting to look like this is something that we can predict will continue into next year, or do you think this is something that um, this is kind of just teams are are not showing as hard as as they normally would against the Lions because it's end of the season. Other teams are banged up, so they're not able to put out their best defenders. Um, or, or is this the team is really getting that much better that Amon Ra might be a, a big threat next year? I, I definitely think it's it. He's gonna continue on this level. I think it will decrease a bit though, because I have a feeling our wide receiver room will be will get significantly better next year. But the reason why I think in this position is because of his the situation that he's being put in. I mean, at the start of the season, he was listed as wide receiver three behind Perriman and Tyra Williams, but they were cut, obviously. And he was asked to be wide receiver one. And this is a big responsibility for a rookie, and not much rookie wide receivers are put in this position. And, it, of course, it took him time to, be, to get adjusted to this situation, but he's finally made – a good connection with Jared Goff and the other players on this offense. And he isn't asked to do too much now because of adding Josh Reynolds, which re- really helps uh, with Goff because of their connection back in L.A. But I, I definitely think it's because of Amon Ross' situation. And next year, since I definitely will assume that our wide receiver room will get better, 
I think he'll have more room to be better because he's not being asked as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you both this question. So since Anthony Lynn was no longer offensive coordinator and he was kind of the running game coordinator, uh, coordinator uh, Dan Campbell started play calling and, you know, things didn't look great at first. He was doing a lot of runs. Um, things have started picking back up. Do you think that that is due to, do you think that that should be put on, you know, the, the assistance around Dan Campbell? Do you think Dan Campbell should get the praise for the offense kind of picking things back up? Or do you think it belongs to the players like Jared Goff and and the players out on the field? Austin, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that Campbell's getting more comfortable with uh, his whole situation of, you know, being the head coach and being calling the plays. Um, I think those first few weeks of him calling plays, I think he was just kind of in over his head. Um, and I don't think he had a great grip on that. Um so I think, you know, with him being able to kind of get comfortable with it, it's helped him kind of get a rhythm of, you know, being able to know what plays to call. Um, but, yeah, definitely kudos to the assistants and everything, being able to help him out and get through this. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a team effort. Um, you got to have good preparation through all, you know, all the levels. Um, you know, coaches down on to the players, so... Yeah, I mean, kudos to the Lions for being able to get through this. Uh, Jake, what about you? Do, you? do you have any different feelings about that? Oh, did we lose Jake? <laughs> Looks like we might have lost Jake. Oh, there you are. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. Uh, you cut out for a bit. What did you say? All right. Do you, do you have anything else uh, different <laughs> you wanted to say about the uh, assistant coaches or anything like that? I I just feel like you can't personally like put all the thanks and like gratefulness on one person specifically because it's not a single person effort it's a group effort. Dan Campbell's definitely gotten better at play calling, and and we can't look away from Goff and the wide receivers in that fact too because they're definitely getting better. It's night and day for that. Mm-hmm that factor and the assistant coaches have definitely helped too so you can't really thank one person for that it's kind of a group effort so i got two two things i want to talk about real quick with the offense one so with anthony lynn being kind of demoted into a running game coordinator i think it's ben johnson who who's been passing game coordinator and dan campbell has has praised him openly multiple times do you see Anthony Lynn possibly getting um, offensive coordinator and play calling duties back? Or do you think that um, either Dan Campbell just stays with play calling and, and keeps like a passing game coordinator and run game coordinator? Or do you think Ben Johnson, you know, becomes offensive coordinator and just, you know, does it all? Um, Jake, uh, what do you think might, you know, be the situation here? Well, I definitely don't think Anthony Lynn will be offensive coordinator again. I I don't think Dan Campbell trusts him enough to give him back that position. 
Um, I I'm not sure about him being fired yet. Definitely demoted, and I I don't know how Anthony Lynn would, would react to that situation. I personally wouldn't be too happy about that. Mm-hmm. But I I'm not sure of like who would fill the role of offensive coordinator. I definitely think Johnson could, but I mean it, I I think it's too early to tell there personally. Sure. Austin, do you have anything different about that or any specific thoughts you had on it? No, I mean, I I don't see Campbell giving up this, you know, the play calling anytime soon. Um, I mean, it would have to be a conversation between Campbell and um, Lynn about, you know, whatever wants to go on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if if he was willing to, you know, stay on and continue to help out, then, I mean, you know, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But... If he wants to move on, then, I mean, that's going to happen too, so. Okay. Well, here's the second thing I want to talk about. And I was really hoping we wouldn't ever have this conversation again for the rest of the season. But we're about to have it. Does golf deserve a second chance? This is now the second week in a row, or a couple games in a row now, where he's had clean pockets with a semi-healthy offensive line. And... He's looked pretty dang good. Um, Not great, but he's looked good enough to win. And he's throwing the ball downfield more. um, Not taking huge sacks as much anymore. I mean, with a run game working, offensive line working, you know, he's looking decent. Does golf playing like this extend the amount of time before we need to look at getting a quarterback? Austin, what is your thought on that? Uh, my thoughts from the very beginning of the whole season were that Goff would be our guy from you know this year and definitely next year, and then after that, you know, maybe you know, cut him or you know something else happens. Um, my thoughts on that wavered, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. Um, and then, I mean, as he's played the last few weeks, you know, I'm still kind of on that same boat um, where, you know, golf's our guy for at least this next year. Um, I, I, And even with draft, you know, this year, I don't see us taking a QB, um, at least for this year. Uh, I'd rather see us take, uh, some other skill position guys. Um, so I mean, there's there's no point in taking a QB this year if you know we've got Goff and we're paying him all this money. So that that's my thoughts. Okay, Jake, what about you? Because I know you've been a big fan of wanting the QB. So you, what do you think about Goff the way he's been playing and kind of future of the QB position here? Well, he's definitely not the future, but he could be next year. Because honestly speaking. I the the only quarterback I'd be fine with taking is Matt Coral from Ole Miss in the draft, but same thing. That is not going to be our top three pick. That is mm-hmm. most definitely not going to be our top three pick. Um, but at the same time, and there's plenty of quarterbacks the year after <clears throat> Bryce Young. But I I I'm I I'm fine with the way Golf is playing right now. Actually, I think he looked very good in the game against Arizona, and he's looked and he looked pretty solid against our win against the Vikings. So 
honestly, might as well give him another chance. It's not like we're fighting for playoffs next year. And I feel like for a rebuild, you have to have patience. And I feel like if we surround Goff with more weapons next year, he'll definitely look better. But he's definitely not the future for us. Yeah, I agree. I think um, a little bit different with the fact of this year for draft, though. I think at some point we need to draft a quarterback. It doesn't have to be super, super high. It can be a a later, you know, in the – it could be either your late first round or maybe second or even third round. If there's a guy who a lot of people aren't talking about but you like him as maybe he could be a prospect that turns out to be something – I mean, I'm fine with taking him, just sitting him behind golf for a year, letting him letting him work, see what you've got with him. If he's not something, okay, you know, you wasted a second or third round pick. That's not as big of a deal. You can still go yeah, out. Yeah, it is a big deal, though, for a rebuild, though, because definitely in this year's draft, I definitely think we can get a starting wide receiver with that second or third round pick. So in my opinion, though, that is a big deal. You can't – I don't think you can really mess up picks in a rebuild. That's how I feel. I don't though. know. I don't know if you. I mean, I don't know if you can consider that messing up though. You still need a backup quarterback that's better than Chase Daniel and and um, what's his name? I can't even think of his name right now. David Blau. I mean, yeah, Blau. Tim Boyle and oh, Tim Boyle. Who did I say? Chase Daniel. Yeah, yeah Tim we Boyle, don't have him. Yeah, Tim Boyle <laughs> and David Blau. I mean, neither one of those <laughs> yeah, guys but... are going to win a game for you. I think it's worth it to try to like just take a flyer on a quarterback if you like him enough. Why not take him? If I Brad like Holmes likes right, a quarterback wait. enough, if Brad Holmes like a, likes a quarterback enough that's in the second or third round, I'm totally fine with them taking him. I feel like he, they should just be patient, though. It's not like we're going to be winning a crap ton of more games next year. I feel like if we wait patiently for the next draft, next draft, 100% sure, I feel like we can definitely get the guy. I don't know how. Well, I what feel if about what if they like soft, this guy now? Backup. If you if you have a guy that you yeah. like, hold on, hold on. If you have a guy, and this is the quarterback is your most important position. If there's a guy in any draft class that's a quarterback that is your guy, you like your entire team is behind. Doesn't matter where you're at in draft. You draft him as soon as you can. Yeah. So if they have mm-hmm. a quarterback who's available at their second first round pick or their second. Uh, their second round pick. If they like a guy well enough, you draft him. My my top thing would be we get a guy like Malik Willis or something like that who has tremendous upside. Who is like Malik Willis has the highest upside of all the quarterbacks this year. He's just very very raw. Um, he's like a Trey uh, uh, Trey Lance type of a guy. Trey Lance. Like, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of upside. He's just gonna have to sit for a little bit, and it's a perfect situation. I just think quarterback needs to be addressed. Even if it's just to better your backups, because David Blau is not it, and and I don't see um, anybody on this quarterback behind Jared Goff who who is decent enough to win you games, whether that's for agency or take a flyer in the draft. I don't care. I think that quarterback just needs to be addressed. Um, while I don't completely agree with all the things that uh, Bob Quinn did back in the day, he said something once that was very true. You should be drafting a quarterback at least like once every three years. Just a flyer. Just draft a flyer on a quarterback once every three years just to see if one pops off. Because if you do, you get a cheap guy who can turn your franchise around. He never did because we didn't have to. We had Matthew Safford. But, I mean, there's 
the the high upside you could get from it, I feel like is is way too too high to just kind of pass on, especially when we have a quarterback like Jared Goff, who's very inconsistent. Like we could be in the middle of next year, Jared Goff goes back to his old ways, and we're like, why the hell did we not t- take some quarterback this last year? Why did we not do anything for the quarterback room? We thought we were good enough with what we had. Wrong. Oh, we're I. I don't know. I don't think we're good enough for what we have, but in my opinion, look at what we just did to the like Cardinals. This, I I feel like our our roster needs a lot of talent right now, and our picks. Every pick needs to be treated like it, it's a make or break. That's how I need. That's how I feel. Clearly, that's not the. Clearly, that's not it. This situation exactly, but I I'm. I, I don't know how I feel about this quarterback draft. It's okay. It's just I personally, like, if the, if the team is behind one guy and they all like him and they think they can change it around, oh, definitely. I, I'm definitely going to support them there. But I just don't see anyone like that, personally, that you can get in the second or third round or late first round. Yeah, we'll I see. I, I just think it, – I, I think know. that there's a lot of quarterback needy teams, which I think all those uh, top-name guys are going to be kind of getting – taken out pretty quickly but there are a couple guys that i've been kind of keeping my eye on that um not a lot of people not a lot of people are talking about them and they're putting up crazy stats and i think that it wouldn't hurt to just take a flyer on a guy see how he does um because there's been some guys you know those those unicorn guys that come out in second third fifth rounds or whatever um worth taking a look at Dak prescott <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. Exactly. So just, I mean, it's worth taking a flyer on, I think. But I think Goff is definitely at least put himself in a safer position than what he was earlier in the year. I think that's pretty safe to say that that at one point in the year, every single person was saying it's time to draft somebody, no matter what, get him out of here, bench him. He's at least started to make his seat a little less hot. Um, so that's positive, I guess, if you want to think of it. If <laughs> It's totally up to whoever is listening. If you think it's positive, then it's positive. If, if you don't like golf, then sorry, I guess. But um, it's, it's an interesting thing that's going to happen for this offseason, and we'll be watching it very intently. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about before we get into next week, and it kind of ties into next week, is so Lions, as of right now, lost their number one NFL draft position. It shouldn't have to be a question, but it is because fans are fans and they think that um, they can only think so far ahead and all this kind of stuff. That's me. (laughs) Does... (laughs) them losing draft position um, mean more than them getting these late season wins. Jake, I'm going to start with you that since, since that's you, apparently your fan. Um, do, what is more important to you? These, these final wins or, or the draft position missing out on a top guy, like maybe Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Well, First of all, we're definitely not going to miss out on one of them because no matter what, we're going to have a top three pick, and I can no, definitely see true. one of them. That's not true. Could we win our last two games. We still got three games left. 
but we're not. I it can't. We can go into hypotheticals all we want. We're not winning our last three games. That's end of discussion. There. What are you talking you could, about? You could, you could quote me. What are you talking it. about? But honestly, these late season wins, it's what it's what fuels the car going into the off season and next season. It's what fuels you up and gets you ready because it, it definitely lets you know who you're keeping and you're not keeping, and you're still and. We're a bottom three team right now, and I there's no doubt in my mind we're still gonna have at least a top five pick. We can definitely get someone great in there, and we. So I mean, it's definitely getting me more excited, losing all the time, you know. Okay, Austin, go to you, cause uh, oh. missions to see if you oh. this. Oh, Mister pessimistic over here um i was expecting that kind of answer from an austin like all pessimistic but let's see what austin's got to say (laughs) no i mean i i'm all for the wins um if we can get another win out of these last three games i mean you know kudos to the team for being able to do that um i mean it's all about instilling that you know you got to get the culture right um you got to show some promise um and, I mean, it's so hard on the guys, you know, coming in every week, losing every week. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for them to be able to, you know, they've gotten two wins. Um, you know, for them to be able to, you know, want to come out and, you know, two keep and getting wins. wins, by the way. Two and a half <laughs> wins from the Steelers. That, that's, that, I don't it's no, <laughs> no, that's a tie. Um, so, I mean. Maybe we can get another one of those. Who knows? We don't want another tie. <laughs> it looked cool. So, no. Yeah, I kinda, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead, Austin. So, I mean, if we can, we can stay within, you know, top five. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> um, I mean, top three will definitely get a shot at either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. So, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have the wins right now than, you know, and if we still get a top five pick, then, yeah. I mean, that's great, too. Yeah. I mean, can I add on to that? Sure. No, you can't. I mean, if we have a top top five, if we are, like, at number five, he's like, oh, well, we have Kyle Hamilton. Like, I I don't feel like we can, we should cry over not like I feel like we should definitely be happy with what we get because this season has been so sad for us. I'll take wins. So I think that um, with this question, I think the culture like comes first. This is something that we've been trying to exactly. fix here. Um, a culture is not giving up at the end of the season because you're going to get a good draft spot. It's going to be, this is where we're going to come out and we're going to kick your ass. We're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to do all this stuff. I want to see them win out. I want to see the Lions win out. It could possibly cost them a top five pick. I don't flip and care. I want to see them mm-hmm. continue this because that's going to tell every single player around the league, damn, the Lions got something. The Lions have actually got something going on. It tells every single free agent. It tells every single 
um, college person's getting drafted. Hey, I want to go to the Lions, right? Like they're they've got something going here. I like what they've got going on. And it gets Has every single person. It goes. It says to every single person in the locker room that we are not the same Lions. It says to every single person in the media, we are not the same Lions. We're not going to just sit by and just take whatever comes. I think that the I think by far the wins are extremely more important than any kind of draft position right now. Yeah, you might miss out on Thibodeau, Hutchinson. You might even miss out Kyle Hamilton, whatever. Whatever. If one of those guys really is one of your guys, get a future pick and go up and get him. I don't care. You know, you're just like the draft at this point does not matter. Right now what matters, the, those guys in the locker room and the guys on the coaching staff. You know, that's it. this all reflects on them. And these kinds of wins where you just beat the number one team in the NFL is going to revitalize your entire organization and show what it's all about. And that is what is important right now. Um, so with also, that being said, let's look at next week against Atlanta. If we want to take a look at a game here, we've got Lions versus Atlanta Falcons, who has not been a good team. Um, let's, I, I mean, I think it's a winnable game for them. If they play again, like they did last week, it's definitely winnable. Um, let's get into the things that we think we know for this week though. Austin, I'll start with you. What's the one thing that you think, you know, Oh man. Uh, I'm going to go with Craig Reynolds. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to break a hundred. Even with Swift coming back for this game. Oh, Swift's back this game. Oh gosh. Um, I'll say he has a touchdown. Okay. Jake, what about you? I'm going to say Atlanta has a lead going into halftime of 28-3. to three. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, Get out of here. I, 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 I think that I'm going to have to say Amon Ross St. Brown gets a touchdown. Okay. I think that I think I know that in the running game, we're going to have a total of over 200 rushing yards. I think we're going to have a good rushing game. So, uh, I think the Falcons are going to get behind early, and then the Lions are going to do the things that they want to do is use that offensive line and push people around and get the running game going, and then it's just going to pile up the numbers. So I think we're going to have over 200 rushing yards this game. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, but before that, is, uh, this is Christmas week, uh, weekend coming up. So uh, certainly... Um, spend time with your family, your loved ones for this holiday season. Enjoy spending time with them. Um, not sure when we'll get out the next one because of that fact that we will be around with family and everything. But from all of us here at the West Side Lions podcast, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Um, and a happy new year if we don't get out another episode by then. But until I got, next I got time, one more shout out. Austin's got a shout out here. What you got, Austin? I got a shout out. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. For the fastest QB to 50,000 yes. passing yards. Yes. Now go get that ring. Go get it. All right. Well, or that's don't, all. so we have an earlier draft pick. <laughs> no, get out of here. <laughs> From all get of us here. here at the West Side Lions podcast, we'll talk to you later. Go Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions. <laughs>